sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. A new week begins right here, right now, live on the morning after on this Monday on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159 is the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid network as well, I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on the opening day in this opening hour of TMA to start off your new week. Of course, we will recap week number 14 of the NFL regular season after the conclusion of Monday night football this evening between the Patriots and the Cardinals. Just a month left of games in the National Football League in the regular season to determine everything we need to know about that postseason hunt and the playoff picture as it stands in the NFL. That will be focused for us here in this opening hour of TMA. We'll go around the sports landscape as well. The World Cup continues on into the semifinals starting tomorrow in Qatar. The NBA season picking up some steam now about a third of the way through. All of that and more as we bring you up until 11 a.m. Eastern time live right here on SportsGrid. We start with Sunday night football inside SoFi Stadium between the Chargers and the Dolphins. The nightcap of the Sunday slate for week number 14. And a huge thread of this game, a huge component and storyline we all followed the 2020 NFL Draft saw Tua Tungavailoa taken at number five overall by the Miami Dolphins and just one pick later, number six in that draft, Justin Herbert for the Chargers organization. So their careers forever linked and on a big stage on Sunday night when the Chargers trying to make some steam to get back into the postseason chase in the AFC wildcard hunt and the Dolphins trying to show and bounce back from a week following a loss in San Francisco it was Justin Herbert that had the upper hand on Tua Tungavailoa and Miami last night. The Chargers getting the victory 23-17 at home, booked as a three-and-a-half-point underdog. So the Bolts went outright as a dog. L.A. has been a great underdog this year, 4-1 and one against the number, but last night against the Finns, the first outright victory when booked as an underdog. The total made its way all the way up to 54-and-a-half. We got 40 points, not quite the offensive display we expected last night. The Miami Dolphins now in Tua Tungabailoa, 8-2 straight up when he starts and completes a game this year. 6-4 and four against the spread, of course, losing outright as a favorite last night in Los Angeles. I mentioned it, the total 54.5. We didn't see the offense we expected, and you can see why in Tua's stat line right there. A 286.5-yard passing prop stays well under for Tua. Just 10 of 28 a buck 45 through the air and a touchdown. The lowest total of passing yards for Tungabailoa all year when he has completed an NFL football game. He came in throwing for 285 yards at least in five consecutive games. So Justin Herbert had that upper hand last night. The better of the two performances, 39 of 51, 367 yards, sailing over his passing yards number of 290 in a hook. And a touchdown. And again, the offense was really on the side of Los Angeles last night. So although we had the dynamic duo for the Dolphins of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, both of those players 
go well under the receiving yards props last night. Tyreek Hill was pretty much at the century mark, 99 and a half. And Jalen Waddell has struggled here as of late. Just one grab for nine yards last week against San Francisco. Not a huge component in that Miami offense just last night. On the other side for LA, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen back in a football game together for the first time in a long time. Mike Will, six grabs, 116 yards. Keenan Allen, 12 grabs for 92 yards. Hey, welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of the opening day of this new week. Live right here on a Monday on TMA. Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. Sunday night football inside SoFi Stadium. In Tinseltown, a Hollywood script for the Chargers last night. Exactly how Justin Herbert and LA drew it up. 23-17, the victory for the Bolts, winning outright as a three-and-a-half-point underdog. An over-under that got steamed all the way up to 54 and a hook, by far the largest total of the entirety of the Week 14 slate, stays well under. The offense really one-sided last night. For L.A., not for Miami, Tua Tungabailoa, only 148 passing yards. Justin Herbert, 367. So both of these teams in the hunt for an AFC wildcard spot. Of course, last weekend, the Buffalo Bills took the lead in the AFC East Division. They grow that lead, as we'll touch on in just a few minutes as we come back for our next segment. So Miami, very much in that wildcard chase at the moment, is or as is Los Angeles at this time. There is only one price for these two teams in terms of the make playoff odds. It's the Bolts at minus 170. The Dolphins, although the number is not on the board on the FanDuel Sportsbook, would have a better price at the moment. Miami is seen to be a playoff team at this time. But as you can see in the AFC title odds, Miami the fifth best price at 12 to 1. But moving back from a plus 850 number entering the weekend, the Chargers move up the board 24 to 1, the sixth best price if the season were to end today you know how the caveat goes with just about a month remaining here in the regular season both Miami and LA would be AFC wildcard teams the Chargers in that seventh in final playoff spot in the AFC the Dolphins just one tick ahead of them the sixth seed as it currently stands in the AFC playoff standings the Bills have the lead in the AFC East they were a double digit favorite at home against the Jets and they were tested there were some big numbers with some big tests yesterday on a Sunday. Donnie Wrightside joins the show up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We are live right here on a Monday on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM, Channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. And if it is a Monday morning, reviewing the weekend that was in the National Football League, that means DRS. Donnie Wrightside is here as well. Monday morning, armchair quarterback. Nobody does it better than Donnie Wrightside, one of the co-hosts of the early line each and every weekday morning. And of course, in the lead chair, for the money line each and every weekday afternoon on Sports Grid Radio. DRS, how was the weekend, my friend? 
Enjoyable, very enjoyable, very quick here. And also, as we like to say, college football winding down the end. Where did the time go? That's right. The time flew by. Why? Because we're always, Ben, having fun talking about it. And on a Saturday, DRS, this upcoming weekend, week number 15 of the regular season, it's not just college football, although bowl season does begin on Friday and DRS is delighted. It is also three NFL games on this upcoming Saturday. It's that portion of of the December calendar. But let's look back, DRS, before we move forward. The biggest spread of the Week 14 slate was one of the biggest we have seen all year long in 2022 in the National Football League. 17 and a half was the spread in favor of the Dallas Cowboys at home yesterday against the Houston Texans. Except nobody told Houston they were a three-score underdogs. DRS, the Texans had an opportunity to win that game outright multiple times, but it's ultimately Dallas that comes away with the victory 27-23 a lone star state survival for the Dallas Cowboys Houston though DRS this year when booked as an underdog of a touchdown or greater they are five and three against the number the Texans a one win football team have been booked as an underdog in every game so far this year so Dallas comes nowhere close DRS to covering this number but they survive with a victory. And when you look at the win-loss column in the hunt for the postseason right now, I guess that's all Dallas is really concerned by. Yeah, but this was a 1-10 football team coming in without their two top weapons at wide receiver. And quite frankly, three-quarters of the way through the game, lost Damian Pierce, who may have been a, had a little bit more impact on that final goal yeah. line stand for the Dallas Cowboys had he gotten the football, not Rex Burkhead or a quarterback, you know, so, sort of naked bootkeep, if you will. But looking at this guy, I was actually really shocked, Ben, not because of the final score here, but usually Houston doesn't show up in the first half. So Dallas, I thought, yeah. would run out to one of those 24-3 to leads and never look back. And yet alone, Houston had the lead at the half over the Dallas Cowboys not a great performance but a great result for the Cowboys because a win is all you need 98 yard touchdown drive to clinch it which was a nice point for the Cowboys but a one-win football team should have put that team away in the first quarter the Dak Prescott interceptions of those game DRS two in total including under six minutes remaining in that fourth and final quarter in his own end zone his arm is hit the ball floats in the air the Texans had an opportunity already in scoring territory to run away with that football game. They get stuffed on the goal line, as DRS mentions. Dallas drives 98 yards the other way for the game-winning touchdown scored by Ezekiel Elliott. Elsewhere in the NFC East, DRS, a divisional duel in MetLife in New York, New Jersey, between the Giants and the Eagles. In Philly, had no issue covering as a touchdown favorite on the road in a divisional game. They got on top of the Giants early DRS and blew New York out. 48-22, clinching a playoff berth now for Philadelphia. And Jalen Hurts continues to add to that MVP resume. 217 passing yards, two scores through the air, 77 on the ground, and another score as well. Donnie, a dominant performance by the Birds on the road in MetLife. Yeah, the Eagles are really good, and they can beat you a lot of different ways, whether it be just a pass rush or an elite secondary or a dominant offensive line. Jalen Hurts throwing the football or Miles Sanders going over the 1,000-yard mark, along with A.J. Brown in the same game. But he had an 8.5 yards per carry average for two touchdowns out of Miles Sanders. And what more would you like out of Jalen Hurts? Seven for 77 on the ground. That dual threat is so important because you never know if that linebacker says, I'm going to commit to the run, could be a pass. I'm going to commit to the running back, it's going to be a quarterback keeper here. 
The Eagles looked really good, hanging 48 points on a sloppy day in the Meadowlands as they continue to march forward. 12 wins for this Eagles football team. Sky's the limit. Who says they can't get the 13, 14, 15, or even 16 wins on this season? That's incredible. It, it really is, DRS. A 12-1 football team still just two games ahead of the Cowboys, although the Eagles making much more of an emphatic statement yesterday. But minus 700 is that number for the Birds in the NFC East. The Cowboys behind them, but a 10-3 football team squarely would be that top wildcard team at this moment. And we mentioned the performance yesterday for Jalen Hurts and how that has been reflected in the MVP odds. DRS, the quarterback for the Birds, now the odds-on favorite to win the Most Valuable Player Award in 2022. Moving past Patrick Mahomes, it's a minus 105 price for Hurts. Patrick Mahomes behind him, the second best number at plus 140. Entering the weekend, Mahomes was the favorite at plus 125. Hurts just 25 cents behind. DRS two weeks ago, Mahomes was the odds on minus money favorite. And Jalen Hurts was way back, although he still had the second best number. DRS, if the Eagles trend to what they have been doing right now, be that number one overall seed in the NFC playoff picture, and they make a run deep into the postseason, do you think Jalen Hurts wins this award? I, here's what it's going to come down to, Ben, for me. I do think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to run the table the rest of the way out. We'll see if the Buffalo Bills can hold serve there to be that number one overall seed. That's going to help out and give you that extra bump. I like to call it extra credit. Yeah. But how about this one? Jalen Hurts' MVP campaign is going to come down to Christmas Eve during a single slate game, which will be one of the most watched NFL yep. games probably of the last decade. If he performs well enough for the Eagles to win, that's his MVP award. It's going to come down, maybe unfair, it's going to come down that one game on the road against Dallas. You're completely right, DRS. Christmas Eve night in the afternoon, really, 425 p.m. Eastern yeah. time, but certainly getting into prime time. The birds and the boys at the Big D in Dallas. We'll see how that game plays out in just a few weekends. Speaking of Mahomes and the Chiefs, a lot of passing yards yesterday for Patrick. Three passing scores, but also three interceptions. DRS, another big spread, nearly double digits in favor of KC, even on the road in the Mile High City. Nine and a half points was that number that seemed the Chiefs were going to run away with this football game, make it an easy cover of nine and a half. They were up 27-0 midway through the second quarter. Denver made it a football game, but Kansas City still gets the win. 34-28. DRS, Russell Wilson leaves the game early with what was ruled a concussion for Russ. So the Chiefs, again, DRS, surviving on the road, but the underdog in the Broncos gets a cover. Still a good win for the Chiefs here. And also, when you get up 27 to nothing, things start to change in your play calling. And also, the you know team's like, hey, man, this team's knocked out of it at this point. And it was almost too little too late here for Kansas City trying to close them out because the Denver Broncos, even with Brett Rippon as your quarterback, had a legitimate chance to win that football game, but a turnover nonetheless. Still a good win for the Chiefs here. And I'm not going to take anything away from that final score other than, boy, if you bet the Chiefs and had a 27 to nothing lead, you thought you were going to probably coast to a victory. You don't even get the cover in this yeah. one as the Denver Broncos. Broncos post 28 best game and best performance of Russell Wilson on the season. And he doesn't even get to finish the game. Then it's a really good point. DRS another game with a big spread where the team gets out with a victory. And again, that's all that counts right now, but not covering as a nine and a half point favorite, a double digit spread for sure in Buffalo between the bills and the jets. And it was a tightly contested game all throughout wintry conditions in western New York. The Buffalo Bills survived DRS 20-12 over Gang Green and the Jets, but 
the Jets cover as a 10-point underdog. DRS, the Buffalo Bills now just 1-3 against the spread in the division within the AFC East this season. Yeah, they're going to have to turn it up a little bit. But by the way, even me, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. I bet them before the season. And like, ah, it doesn't look so good now. We have to keep in mind, though, it's four straight wins for the Buffalo Bills, not four straight losses here. And this is the reason why the Buffalo Bills get home field advantage to play in those temperatures that are going to be cold and windy and rainy and snowy. Your quarterback is built for that, and they need to be at home for the playoffs if they want to win the Super Bowl. You saw that number right there, plus 175 for Buffalo. You must correlate it to the odds to be the number one overall seed. The Bills, mm-hmm. minus 125 in that market. Both Kansas City and Buffalo, a 10-3 and three mark, but the Bills beat them earlier in this regular season, so the tiebreaker advantage. More of the morning after, up next, live right here on Sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A couple of really marquee games yesterday on the Sunday slate for week number 14 of this NFL season. We are back live right here on a Monday morning on the morning after on SportsGrid. Donnie Wrightside joins us for a second consecutive segment. And the biggest storyline, DRS, probably entering Sunday afternoon, Mr. Irrelevant versus the GOAT. Brock Purdy in the San Francisco 49ers, a three and a half point home favorite against the guy that grew up rooting for the Niners, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And a lot of people were focusing on that idea. Purdy, a favorite against Brady? You gotta be kidding me. Well, the odds makers had this one spot on. Maybe it wasn't a large enough spread as the Niners are absolutely dominant in a big 35 to seven victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brock Purdy, Donnie, was sensational. 16 of 21, a buck 85 through the air, two passing touchdowns, adding another on the ground incredibly efficient in his first nfl career start meanwhile the bucks continue to struggle offensively the best scoring defense in the league in san francisco proves that yet again yesterday drs will get to some further implications from this game between the niners and the buccaneers in just a moment but first let's start with that quarterback comparison what stood out to you most about brock purdy's performance yesterday and Brock Purdy, ultra-efficient here. That's what you get from a dominant head coach like Kyle Shanahan, or I should say a dominant play caller overall. And also, we should have known this was coming here, Ben, because you look into the practice game, or the practices that they have, you get thrust into a starting role here for Jimmy Garoppolo, who gets knocked out midway. And we know that backup quarterbacks, heck, even third-string quarterbacks, they're not taking any reps in practice. And they let him throw 37 times in that game against the Miami Dolphins. Comes in, only needs 21 because of how well that defense played. But also, from a Tampa Bay perspective here, we knew this was going to be a terrible matchup for them coming in. An elite front seven that can get organic pressure on Tom Brady. They didn't last in this game at all. But also, at the same time, Brady threw 55 times in this game. And even as much as, what, two, three years ago, Tom Brady had the arm strength and the wherewithal to move around the pocket and make plays happen regardless of the pass rush coming. He can't do that anymore. He missed wide-open player after wide-open player, interceptions. This is not the same Tom Brady. And I know the question comes up a lot, too. It's like, is Brady going to play next year with the Buccaneers? Brady shouldn't be playing anywhere next year at this point. The NFC South now, DRS, as we all expected, looks a little bit more interesting. 
all four yeah. teams below 500. The Buccaneers still in first place with a six and seven record and still favored to win this division, a minus 320 number or so on the FanDuel Sportsbook this morning. But the Panthers pulled off the upset over the Seattle Seahawks yesterday as well, winning outright as a four-point dog up in the Pacific Northwest. So now it's just a one-game lead for the Buccaneers over both Carolina and Atlanta. Somebody has to win this division. They are probably going to win this division with a losing record and yet still get to host a playoff game come January. But it's a lot more interesting now in that division in the NFC South than it was even entering this weekend when the Bucs were the only team with a 500 or better record. But the RS, the story for San Francisco this year is despite continuously winning games, injuries starting to pile up. The sixth straight victory for the 49ers yesterday, but leaving in that opening half, having to be carted off Debo Samuel for San Francisco. DRS, he left the game with his head in his hands, obvious tears flowing down, his teammates there to support this. Another big knock to that San Francisco offense. If anybody can figure it out with all the playmakers around, it's Kyle Shanahan. But Debo Samuel, one of the most dynamic playmakers in all of the league. Yeah, maybe the most important player altogether for the 49ers. Now, Christian McCaffrey was sensational yesterday, and as long as he's healthy, we expect him. Oh, looks like we have some technical difficulties there with DRS. That doesn't often often happen with Donnie, so hope everything is okay right there. But as DRS was alluding to, 153 yards from the line of scrimmage yesterday combined for Christian McCaffrey, one of his best performances in a Niners uniform. He continues to stack those up, and that will be a key cog of this San Francisco offense moving forward. So following last week, despite the Niners winning their fifth consecutive game, because of the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo, their odds got longer in the NFC title market. Now, Philly's price has grown shorter, the Birds plus 170, but the Niners have worked their way back up this board, tied for the second-best price alongside the Dallas Cowboys at plus 360. The Vikings, the fourth-best number at plus 850. The Bucks are still there at 11-1 to 1 because there is still the idea as a minus 320 favorite in the NFC South. They'll host a playoff game, but I don't know if I would trust in any of that postseason number around the Buccaneers at this moment. The Vikings, again, the fourth-best price. Minnesota had an opportunity to win the NFC North Division yesterday on the road in Detroit, but it was the Lions laying a number. Detroit booked as a one-and-a-half-point favorite, and the Lions were the better side yesterday in the Motor City as we welcomed DRS back on to the show. The Detroit Lions, a 34-23 victory DRS against Minnesota, covering as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Just their third game booked as a favorite in their last 36 and they have covered now, Donnie, in two straight as a favorite as well. The total going over 51 and a half. Minnesota has allowed more than 400 yards of total offense to their opponent in five consecutive games. So the 34-23 victory DRS keeps the NFC North alive for at least another week.
Look, we got a lot of hot takes coming here Monday here, Ben, by the way. No matter what, the internet can't keep me down. I'm going to keep firing yeah. these hot takes even if it overloads the system. And it wasn't a hot take last week. We all thought, I think across the network here, that the Detroit Lions were going to pull off that victory over the Vikings. How could that be? The Lions under 500 facing a 10-2 and team here, and they were the favorites. And they were the better team from start to finish. It was absolutely amazing to watch the transformation of Jared Goff this season here, who now looks maybe instead of being moved on – as a journeyman quarterback, could be the franchise guy in Detroit. And shout out their head coach and their staff here for keeping everybody in line. And my goodness, making a run to the playoffs for the Lions could be happening right in front of our eyes. It really could be happening. Still on the outside looking in at this moment, a game and a half behind both the Giants and the Commanders, who both have the same wonky record at 7-5-1, and one, but they play each other next weekend. Mm -hmm. There is a ton of NFC East games to be had. And Detroit is trending in that very positive direction. So Minnesota does not clinch the NFC North, but still a minus 20,000 favorite because with a victory next mm. week, Minnesota would clinch the division. But Detroit firmly in the running for an NFC wildcard spot. As we go to another divisional game on Sunday, DRS, what a weird week it was for the Tennessee Titans and then expressed in a Sunday home game in Nashville against Jacksonville. The Titans, a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. They lose outright 36-22 against the Jags. Of course, DRS, this was the first game following the firing of general manager John Robinson during the middle of the week. And it seemed like peculiar timing because Tennessee had a three-game lead within the division, an opportunity pretty much to go dormy with a victory at home against the Jags, who we weren't sure Trevor Lawrence was even going to be 100% healthy. But now, Donnie, the Titans have lost three straight games. They have not covered in any of those. And the young second-year quarterback in T-Law, 30 of 42, 368, and three tuds against Tennessee. So, Donnie, what's happening with the Titans right now? Yeah, what's happening certainly isn't good at this point here. Apparently, all you have to do is have a quarterback that can throw the football forward, and you can start dominating their defense overall. Now, granted, they are banged up at a lot of positions on defense and missing some of their wide receivers. I hear you on that, but they're just getting lucky here from playing in a very down division who all of a sudden now, giving some of these teams that were relatively out of it, maybe a chance to play down the stretch and play spoiler on the Tennessee Titans. But also, I had this last week on our pick six on the early line as my money line dog of the week, not because I thought the Jaguars are a great team. They just got destroyed by the Detroit Lions. But what's the upside right now in the Tennessee Titans offense? It's like 20 points. And I thought the Jacksonville Jaguars would be able to hang around. Heck, putting up 36 on the road against the Titans. I never saw that coming. But my goodness, come on, Titans. You got to wake up. You got to enter into the, you know, the stages of the season where you can actually run and pass the football. That's a novel concept. Just a two-game lead now for Tennessee over the Jags, but still a greater than $5 favorite to yeah. win the division. Both booked as underdogs next week. The Jags against the Cowboys, the Titans on the road in Los Angeles against the Chargers. An interesting day, DRS, in the AFC North. We knew that Lamar Jackson would not suit up for the Baltimore Ravens, but insert his great backup in Tyler Huntley. It's why my favorite pick of the weekend was Baltimore outright as a Moneyline mm. underdog on the road in Pittsburgh. That's what happened, but Tyler Huntley was banged up in that football game as well. Anthony Brown out of Oregon comes in to see considerable amounts of playing time yesterday. And on the other side, the QB carousel spinning for the Steelers. Kenny Pickett leaves the game early with a concussion. So Mitchell Trubisky comes back in, 22 of 30, didn't have many incompletions, DRS, 
but he had three interceptions. So only five of those balls hit the ground yesterday for Trubisky and the Steelers. They lose 16 to 14 Baltimore, a one and a half point underdog. A weird day, DRS, there at Acrisure Stadium. No, certainly was. And also, I brought this point up with Kevin here. There's a reason why the Baltimore Ravens play hard in the preseason. Whenever there's a scoreboard, a clock, and somebody keeping the score, they are going to play. 16-14. But Ravens had no business going on the road and winning this football game. And they won in and won. Nine wins now as they still try to fend off those Cincinnati Bengals. And they are still the divisional frontrunners, as you saw there. Only two teams now available on that board with odds to win the AFC North. But the Bengals beat the Browns yesterday at home, covering as a five-and-a-half-point favorite, 23-10. to 10. They have the same record, both Baltimore and Cincinnati DRS, 9-4. and four. Baltimore beat them in the first month of the year, and that's the advantage at the moment. But they have to play again, so still value on the Bengals in my mind. It's the Sports Grid holiday party on this Monday night, but DRS is not going to be there. That's a real shame. Ah, versus or versa, who cares, right? Come on. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. As always, on a Monday morning, live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid, we look back on the weekend. Certainly our focus is with the NFL Sunday slate, but the NBA season already a third of the way through. Christmas is on the horizon. That's when things in the association pick up even more. So back right here on a Monday live on TMA, we are very pleased to welcome back onto the show Antonio Williams joining us here for that scouts eye a former NBA scout here to go all around the weekend that was in the NBA Antonio as always thank you so much for taking the time and joining us bright and early on this Monday morning Mr. Stevens always great to see your face and I need to know what you think about Matt Rule coming to your place in Lincoln oh <laughs> I will tell you all of my thoughts about Matt Rule being the new head Husker at Nebraska in just a little bit. But let's focus on the NBA yes. first and foremost. Overtime last night in the Big Easy between the Pelicans and the Suns, two of the teams at the top of the table in the Western Conference here to start this season. Antonio and New Orleans keeps winning basketball games. Seven straight now for the Pels. The Suns dropped their fourth in a row. No Devin Booker last night for Phoenix, but... New Orleans gets the win at home in overtime, 124-119. So now, Antonio, it's not Phoenix as the top team in the Western Conference. It's New Orleans. What has stood out to you most about this Pelicans bunch to begin this NBA season? The resilience that this team plays with is what stood out to me because we're looking at them right now. There was in the game yesterday against Phoenix, no Herb Jones, no Brandon Ingram. And they're still able to make it happen. Um, so that really stood out to me, number one, relying on multiple guys. The second thing is that really stood out to me, Ben, is I know we're in this era of shooting threes. But when you can shoot high percentage twos, and in the games when they played Phoenix, they shot 51% in the, in the first game because they played a back-to-back. They shot 58% from the field in the second game. So... When you're able to shoot almost 60%, remember, this is an era where because we shoot so many threes, people don't even shoot 50% from the field anymore. But when you're shooting in the 50s, approaching the mid-50s, approaching the 60s, 
guess what you don't need to do as well? Rely on the three. So when you play like that, that is half game will travel. When those games become half court in the playoffs and when you start playing against teams that can game plan for you, when you have a guy like Zion Williamson that has so many shots in the paint, you can rely on that and not necessarily have to rely on the three. 35 points for Zion Williamson last night to go along with eight boards. He was 13 of 21, excuse me, 14 of 21 from the floor in the 129-124 overtime victory for New Orleans. Antonio, he has returned to the floor this year. He is a huge component of the Pels having the best record out West and this seven-game win streak for New Orleans. When you evaluate Zion Williamson, obviously health, is a big factor in that equation. But what has your main impression been of Zion this season? There have been two things that stood out for me, Ben, when I watched this man as he starts to matriculate from being a very good player into that great player stratosphere. One of the things that he's doing is he's making free throws at a more accurate clip now. He's raised his free throw percentage from his rookie year all from when he shot maybe 64%. So he is now in the 70, 72, 73%. So in a three-year span, he's raised his free throw percentage almost 10 points. So he's been getting the work in as much as he's been maligned about, is he working, is he not? He has been certainly working on his stroke. That's the first thing that really stood out to me. The second thing is his improvement as a team defender. We all know that he's very athletic and there's a tendency when these guys are so important on the offensive end, there's a tendency, especially when they're in their younger parts of their careers, to not focus on the defensive side of the ball. This Pelican team actually plays with a high level of physicality, and they're very connected defensively. So again, if you want to see how a team is connected, look at the assist totals and look at how they play team defense. And that'll tell you if a team is on the same page or not. And Zion is really doing a great job as a team defender. So the Pels, the best record out West, 18 and eight overall this year, but the Suns remain the favorites from the odds perspective, plus 320, 320 right now in the Western Conference. It's been a weird start to the year, Antonio, in the Western Conference. A lot of teams we didn't expect to have strong starts have. They've cooled off a little bit. It seemed like the cream was starting to rise to the, to the top with Phoenix making its way back up to the top of the board. But how do you evaluate the Western Conference, where things stand currently in this NBA campaign? It, it's, there are a little bit, there are some surprises, but the thing that you really have to pay attention to, and you mentioned it, Ben, earlier with Zion Williamson, health means everything. And the two teams in particular, when you start talking about health, of course, everybody thinks the Lakers. But I'm talking about teams that are battling for the top of the Western Conference right now. The two teams that you have to really think about in terms of health, the Denver Nuggets and the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis Grizzlies, of course, we're talking about Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, that, that's a guy that if he is really healthy, that's a difference maker that Memphis needs if they really want to battle. This is a team that played in the Western Conference Finals last year without Jaron Jackson Jr. And, and, without, and without John Moran as well. So from a health perspective, if they can stay healthy, in particular, Jaron Jackson Jr., that makes uh, Memphis a different team. Then when you start looking at Denver, Jamal Murray made a big three against uh, the Blazers as they're jockeying for Western Conference position, which was a game winner. We know that he can do that. He's back healthy. Michael Porter Jr. is also from a difference maker from a health standpoint. If Denver is also has their full boat as well, we're talking about a very, very loaded Western Conference. 
Those are the three best records in the Western Conference right now in order. The Pelicans, the Grizzlies, and the Nuggets. There is certainly value, in my estimation, to be had out West. But in the East, as we look at things in just a moment, the Boston Celtics begin a West Coast trip, but the Lakers ending their East Coast road trip. Antonio, the Lakers on the road in their final game in Detroit last night, a part of a six-game road trip, and they finally get a win, snapping a three-game losing skid. The reason why? LeBron 35, AD 34, and 15. 124-117 for the Lake Show last night in the Motor City. It's been a conversation all year long, Antonio. Will this Laker team start to figure it out? Okay, they've won a couple in a row. It looks like they've started to figure it out. Then they lose a few in a row. All right, this is the Lakers team we can expect. Where do you put Los Angeles at this moment, Antonio? I think, again, when we're looking at them from a health standpoint, because just when they started that run, LeBron's out of the lineup. AD is sick. And that was a game in Cleveland, for yeah. example, when AD had to uh, leave the game because he was sick. That's a game that they really wanted to win because that was coming off the heels of them beating Milwaukee. So you're looking at them and saying, okay, are they really starting to turn the corner? And as soon as they start to string together some success, they do start to have some health issues. So this is a team that LeBron has alluded to it. Let's see what we have when we're healthy. But one of the things that I've watched for them is now we talked about with the Pelicans how they can sort of de-emphasize the importance of the three. The Lakers either have to make a decision in terms of we have to shoot more timely, more ideal threes, or we have to not do it at all. So when they try and get into a three-point shooting contest, that's when they start having issues. So if they're going to play that way, one of the things that they need to do is probably add another shooter to the roster. Maybe not a drastic change, but yeah. they need to find another shooter, and people aren't necessarily lining up to give them up, that's for sure. And the other thing that they have to do is they really have to play defense. Mm. And you saw the Lakers' price right there, still 39-1, to the sixth longest number in the Western Conference. The best team in the NBA, as I was alluding to earlier, the Boston Celtics. They begin a road trip in Los Angeles, one against the Clippers, and then they will play those Lakers as well. Boston on the road tonight, still a favorite, Antonio. Three and a half points against the Clippers in Los Angeles. What's the approach to this matchup as you focus on the Celtics and the Clippers here? I think for me, you look at this team, of course you have these great players and that those two, those two dynamic duos for each team. Yeah. But for me, one of the things that you really have to focus on are the benches of each team. Um, so I'm really paying attention to that matchup. Is it going to be Reggie Jackson? Is it going to be John Wall coming off the bench, off the bench versus um, Malcolm Brogdon for the Celtics, who's been great off yeah. the bench in that role for them, giving them another ball handler, another high uh, IQ guy, as well as, as well as a guy that can make threes and defend. So he fits in with what the Celtics do from a, a defensive standpoint and from a team concept. John Wall, Reggie Jackson, that combination versus Marcus Smart slash Malcolm Brogdon will go a long way in determining who wins this game. The other thing that i like to see as well is I think Ivica uh, Zubac has to do something that's quantifiable if the Clippers want to have a chance, whether that's high rebound games, high blocks, a combination of the two, and timely scoring. He has to really make a contribution if the Clippers want to win this.
The focus on the others outside of the stars. And of course, being healthy is probably first and foremost for LA. We haven't seen a ton of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard out there on the floor. That three and a half point spread would indicate to me both should be in action tonight for LA. You see the point total there and the averages, Antonio, for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Tatum is now the favorite to win the NBA MVP, plus 270, moving ahead of both Giannis and Luka at this time, Antonio, where we stand in the NBA season. He's the favorite, is Tatum, on the FanDuel Sportsbook, but Antonio, is he your favorite to win the NBA MVP? He, as right now, as if we were to take a, say, okay, the season ends right now, Jason Tatum would be the MVP because oftentimes there's a lot made, Ben, about making sure that the MVP one year goes to the best player in the league. The next year it goes to the best player on the best team in the league. Uh, this particular year, when you look at what Jason Tatum is doing, he deserves to win the MVP uh, because not only is he playing at a very, very high level, the thing that he's doing, Ben, and I've been on him throughout his entire career, if you want to go from that good to great stage, similar to Zion, similar to what the Pelicans do, you got to go to the free throw line more. Well, he started shooting less than five free throws a game when he first came into the NBA. He's now up to almost nine free throws a game this year. So that says two things. He's finding his spots and he's getting to the rim. The other thing that it says is he is finally getting the respect from the referees as a superstar. And that is very, very, very important again when you play against great teams and they're able to game plan for you, stack their defenses, you got to be able to make a play, make a play on kill spots on the floor, but you also have to garner the respect of the referees and get that attention and say, okay, you know what? This guy's a superstar. He gets the benefit of, a, of the doubt from a call perspective. And you see Joel Embiid right there, by the way, with the fifth best price at 12 to one. JoJo last night against the Charlotte Hornets at home in Philly. Oh, yeah. Another 50-point performance, 53 points, 12 boards for Joel Embiid. Luka Doncic tied for the second-best odds to win the NBA MVP. The Dallas Mavericks at home tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Antonio, really, this is just a moment to bask at Luka Doncic. 31-and-a-half yeah. is the points prop. That is the expectation each and every night for Luka if the Mavs are going to win basketball games and cover numbers against a good OKC team, at least as an underdog and covering those point spreads. Antonio Williams, a former NBA scout, providing that scout's eye for us here on a Monday morning, live on the morning after on SportsGrid. Antonio, as always, thank you for your time. We'll do it again soon. And by the way, Matt Rule, a home run hire for Nebraska. <laughs> I like it, Ben. I cannot wait to do it. Awesome to see. Big team, look out. Yep. Tons of basketball to break down very, very soon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Back on a Monday for the conclusion of this opening hour. But don't worry, hour number two on the way as well. Sirius XM, channel 159. It's the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid network, I'm Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here in this opening hour. We round it out as we always do by hearing from you. 
The NFC wildcard race is going to be fascinating. Again, the caveat goes if the season ends today, but we still have a month left of this regular season. But if it ended today, all four teams from the NFC East would be in the playoffs once again. The Eagles as the top seed and the divisional winners, the Cowboys, Commanders, and Giants, those three wildcard spots. But there are some teams still in the hunt, like the Seattle Seahawks, who have struggled here a little bit as of late, losing outright yesterday as a home favorite against the Carolina Panthers. But the Detroit Lions trending in a very positive direction. So out of a group of a few of those wild card contenders, who do you think is going to make the playoffs? That's what we asked you in Fade the Public. So that was the question of the Giants, the Lions, and the Seahawks at this moment. Who is the best team to make the playoffs or who has the best chance, perhaps? Between the Giants, the Seahawks, and Detroit, most of the public going with the Lions. 52.2% of this vote live at the moment. As I see it at SportsGrid TV on Twitter, say the Detroit Lions are the team out of this group of three that will make the postseason where it stands right now from the standings perspective. Again, that fade the public poll, the Giants, Seahawks, and Lions, 52% saying the Lions are going to go. Where it stands right now from the standings perspective, Detroit is on the outside looking in. Still a game behind Seattle, who is a half game behind both the Commanders and the Giants, who occupy those final two spots at 7-5-1. The wild card race in the NFC will be one to follow the remainder of this NFL season. Hour number two up next, live right here on Sports.